Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Kat. And we're Sorting Hat Chats. And today we're going to introduce our system and also sort the Hunger Games. So this system is originally based on, of course, the Harry Potter Hogwarts houses, but we kind of took it and expanded it and created a more expansive and layered personality taxonomy, um, which are some fancy words. So the purpose of the system, the, the reason why this system exists at all, is because Kat and I wanted to be able to better talk to each other. When one of us said, oh man, that character, they're very Gryffindor, we wanted to know exactly what the other person meant. So we've spent the past, is it 10 years? We spent the last quite a few years. At least eight. At least eight years. Trying to capture exactly what we meant in a system that we could then use to have conversations. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be us having conversations. Ultimately, what all of these terms are, are basically a glossary. And what you do with those words is where it gets really, really interesting. I mean, defining them is also really interesting because, you know, but there are a lot of fun ways to apply the system. And we're going to talk about all of it. But today we're going to talk about the Hunger Games. Yes, we're going to we're going to take this one bite at a time. So in our system, we sort people in two ways. They have a primary house, which is why they do things, and they have a secondary house, which is how they do things. It's important to note that your primary house is not any more your house than your secondary house. We call it primary and secondary because that's just kind of how we ended up talking about it. We're just a lot more obsessed with why than how as people. So we always talked about it first. But that doesn't mean that you have to be more obsessed with why than how. Primaries are not about what's good, what's evil. They're about how you build your system. The shape of the system. And everyone gets moral information from all these sources. It's about what you prioritize. Yeah. So Gryffindors prioritize information from your gut, from your conscience. Ravenclaw primaries focus on the external systems in their lives, like religion or codes of ethics. Yeah, they have to look outside themselves and trusting what's inside themselves over something they've thought about or learned or decided on, it's going to feel really selfish to them. Whereas to a Gryffindor, trusting an outside authority when their gut is telling them something is wrong is going to make them feel dirty. But they still, both Gryffindor and Ravenclaw primaries, still feel drawn to both things. It's just that when they clash, when they can't have it both ways, then one of them's more important. Exactly. And so... Similarly, Hufflepuffs and Slytherin primaries, they're people-based, they're practical-based. It's what's in front of you. It's less about ideals. And Slytherins prioritize the people they love most. And Hufflepuffs prioritize the people who are in the most need, the most vulnerable, the people they owe most. And that doesn't mean that Hufflepuff primaries love the people most who need them most. And it doesn't mean that Slytherin primaries will never go out of their way to help someone who needs them most. It just means that if there is someone who very much needs them and also their very, you know, their most important person is in trouble, then a Hufflepuff primary and a Slytherin primary are probably going to make different choices. Yes, or even if they made the same choice, one of them will feel like that was the right choice and one of them will kind of feel like a shitty person. We like to talk about this system is about 
what you feel and what is right. It's not necessarily about what you do. It's about what you wish you would do if you were a better person. Because no one's perfect. No. You sort people by how they feel about their choices rather than what choices they make. For secondaries, it's about how you act. To put it the most simply, Gryffindor's charge, Hufflepuff's work, Slytherin's adapt, and Ravenclaw's learn or prepare. Of course, anyone can use all of those skills, all of those tools, but what we look at when we're sorting is which one falls easiest to their hand, which one is most powerful for them. When they win, what is it that led to their victory? There's also an important concept, which is burned houses. You might be a burned secondary if you feel like if you just had more energy, if you were just a better person, if you were just more diligent, then you would do things this way. Even if you have a different way to do it, you think that you should do it in a very specific way, either by charging, by leading Gryffindor secondary, by studying or strategizing or data collecting Ravenclaw secondary, by forming bonds and communities and doing really hard work, Hufflepuff secondary, or by improvising and changing yourself to fit the context that you're in, Slytherin secondary. Yeah, and so primaries can burn too. So it's when you feel like you can't be moral. You can't live up to what you believe of yourself. So a Gryffindor who feels like they can't tell what's right and wrong. A Ravenclaw who feels like they can't think. They can't decide. A Hufflepuff who feels like it's impossible for them to help the people who need it. So they pull back and just help the small circle of people who they can a Slytherin who feels like it's impossible to love people, to have bonds, because either they hurt you, or they get hurt, or you hurt them, but it's not safe, it's not practical, it's not reasonable, so they pull back. Yeah. But the important thing is they don't stop wanting to live in a world where they could be that better person. And that's true for all of the burned primary houses. It could be either that they feel incapable of living up to their own expectations of their morality, or they could feel like the world that they live in, the reality that they live in, doesn't allow them to be the person that they think they should be. Yes, exactly. And then we take all of these terms and we use them to talk about stories. All right. And with that, I think it's time we get started with the sorting portion of this episode. So let's start with Katniss, who's our protagonist. Any thoughts on her primary, Kat? I would say that she is very likely a Slytherin primary based on how much she does everything that she does, um, basically for Prim, her little sister. Yes, she does, doesn't she? She really does. It's her call to action in the narrative. It's how everything gets started. It's what brings her back time and time again. It's what keeps her motivated analogizing to her love for Prim is even what helps her engage sometimes with bonding to other characters in the novels. Oh, like Rue. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like Rue. Um, that parallel was, oh, that I, it, I had a lot of emotions about that parallel. And so did Katniss. Yeah, that was a lot. And it, it makes sense because you could look at her being generous with Rue and think she's a Gryffindor primary yeah. who's acting out of goodness or a Hufflepuff who's acting out of seeing this this, per this vulnerable person who needs help. 
but with Katniss, it had to be driven by her love for Prim. Yeah, because that's how Katniss experiences the world. Um, at least that's the impression I get, is that she loves Prue. She loves the other important individuals in her life. And she can understand other people making decisions and make her own decisions external to those specific people she loves, basically by analogy, because that's how she sees and meets the world. That's how she empathizes with other people is, oh, this is your version of Prim, I see. Yeah, so the, the heart of her morality, every her moral thoughts come from her love for other people. Yeah. and I, Which is the heart of our Slytherin project. It is, and that's compatible with how she fights for the rebellion. But I think it's mm-hmm. really important that the core of why she is fighting for the rebellion is to make a better world for her family, for Prim, where Prim can be safe, and other people's versions of Prim can also be safe. It makes it really, really personal. It does. Slytherin Primary is a really personal house. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why it it comes off as so intense and why even, you know, in some books you have the the Slytherin Primary as, you know, framed as being evil and selfish and only caring about themselves and their people. Um, And they're not always, um, and that's certainly not inherently evil, but I think we see in Katniss this really interesting example of someone who doesn't add on much morality on top of her Slytherin primary. It's, it's just about that. That's, that's what she does to be righteous. That's how she interacts with the world. And I almost wonder if in a different setting, Katniss might have had more morality to build on. But the people she loves, the very small set of people she loves, are so constantly in danger and so constantly on the forefront of her mind she has no time to think about other moralities the way someone in a safer world, a Slytherin in a safer world, might have to make more moral decisions that don't have to do with, but what about Prim? But with Katniss, what about Prim is pretty much always a relevant question. It is. Uh, Prim. Yeah. Yeah. Those books are tough. They are, and she just spends all of the third book just so out of it and upset. And I love them, but they're also sometimes hard to read because of that. Yeah. So primary, Slytherin for Katniss, I think. She's one of the most Slytherin characters you're going to come across for a primary. Yeah, I think that's an easy sort. Yeah, it's a a pretty easy sort. Bit of a cheat. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What do we think for secondary? For secondary, I think that one of the most telling situations is when... In book three or movie three, she's put on camera and they tell her, here's your script, act, be inspirational. And she can't do it. She tries. It's not because she doesn't want to, but she can't do it. And she's only able to really come into her own and be as effective as she's capable of being when they let her loose and they let her charge and they let her rage about the injustice. And to me, that says Gryffindor secondary. Yeah, it has to be a, an honest reaction for her to be effective. Her power comes from the her improvisational choices, her her reactivity, her her honesty and her integrity. People believe her when she reacts because it's so true. Yeah, it's very admirable. Like I I get why it's so inspiring the way that Gryffindor secondaries are so honest and authentic because that really is inspiring like when I meet people who who just they just 
it's almost overwhelming with how authentic they're being. It's it's vulnerable, but it's also such a strength that it's really compelling. Yeah, it is a really vulnerable house in a lot of ways. They don't have a lot of things to fall back on. Uh, they either are or are not. And you see it with all of Katniss's power, but it, it absolutely also makes her a really vulnerable character. And a character so many people try to take advantage of because she's so powerful. Yeah, I do appreciate that for the most part she doesn't let them. And when she does, it seems to tie kind of back to her primary. It's they literally have to tell her, look, if you do this, it will be good for Prim and Peta. Yes. And even then, even when she wants to be the Mockingjay they're asking her to be, if she doesn't believe it herself, really believe it, it just doesn't work. She can't do that on cue. Which is so different from Peta, who is so good at doing things on cue, but also has that same sort of air of believability. I think it really points to their different secondaries. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a Gryffindor secondary. He doesn't have to react with authenticity. He doesn't have to be... He can read a script and have it be effective. Yes. He can do emotion on purpose and that makes him really different from Katniss. He does still come across as very authentic though. He does, right? It's impressive. But the fact that deep down it's on purpose means that whatever he's using to build that authenticity, I don't think it's Griffin. No, he doesn't seem to charge. He doesn't seem to inspire. It seems to be a lot more about being solid and available and consistent. Yep, which are some pretty classic Hallmark traits of our Hufflepuff secondary, which is always a delight. Yeah, especially because he's a baker. The baker with the Hufflepuff secondary <laughs> is just a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's such a trope. I like it. It really is. We know he's a Slytherin primary. Yes. Because he prioritizes Katniss so entirely over other people. And he doesn't... I feel like one of the really big things that swayed me for him on Slytherin primary... Because he could be, Hufflepuff is also a really good sort for him, is he's so content. He's happy. As so long as Katniss is okay, he's not going to feel like a bad person for all the terrible things that are happening around him. He's not tired enough to be a Hufflepuff primary. No, it's, it's, it's really hard to be a Hufflepuff and have bad things be happening to people around you and to be okay. It's one of the beautiful and exhausting and confusing things about Hufflepuffs. And so he's just, he's so all right. And his world is so bad and he knows it. And he'll talk about it and he'll care about it and he'll say it can change. But he can go home at the end of the day. And if he's okay and Katniss is okay, he's okay. Yeah. And that's just really Slytherin primary. It is. He's soft, but he's a Slytherin primary as well. It doesn't have to look as hard as Katniss's Slytherin primary looks. Katniss has had to fight to keep her Slytherin primary. Her life has been a lot harder than Peeta's in a lot of ways. But she's had to cling to her Slytherin primary to keep from becoming burned. When a Slytherin burns, they think it's too hard to care about people. They think that no matter what they do, people will leave them or hurt them or they will hurt their people. But there's something impossible about that being what drives their morality. So they, they burn it. They back off from those close personal connections and they do something else. But they always feel like 
They want it. They're sad it's not there. They're frustrated it's not there. And Katniss didn't burn. She clung really hard to keeping herself someone who can care about Prim. And it's why her primary, her Slytherin primary comes off as so much more rugged than Peeta's because he hasn't lost that much. He can care a lot more easily because he doesn't understand the way Katniss does, how hard it is to care about people when you're in such a precarious, vulnerable situation. Even though neither of them are burned, Katniss is having to try a lot harder to not burn because she understands how easily people can be taken away from her. Yeah, and it makes gives them a really different feel as characters, even though they share the same primary. That's really fun. It is. I think they bond over that too a little bit. I think that's something Peta really admires about Katniss, is how much she embraces her love of Prim. Yes. It's easy also to look at Peta as a potential Hufflepuff primary, because a lot of the things he is doing, he is helping people who are in need. You know, Katniss was there starving and he gave her bread. That's very Hufflepuff. But as far as we know, Peta wasn't giving everyone bread. Peta had never before considered volunteering for the Hunger Games to keep someone alive. He specifically likes Katniss, and that's what makes him a Slytherin. And it's kind of a, it's not an uncommon thing that if your point of view character has a nice, soft Slytherin primary who loves them, that that character's going to look sort of Hufflepuff to the narrative. Because you're getting it from the point of view of someone who they do really care about and are really generous with. And that's, that's a fun sort of missort that can happen. Yeah, and this reminds me of our early conversations, too, because you were like, clearly Slytherin, and I was like, Hufflepuff, though. Because he has a Hufflepuff secondary. Yes, it's a lovely Hufflepuff secondary. It is. He is such a hard worker. He shows up. He's a very steadfast presence for Katniss, both during the Hunger Games and even outside of the Hunger Games. He's reliable, and he's patient. And whenever he has a victory, it's his victories are so often really unobvious, which is a very Hufflepuff secondary thing. I think one of the things that sways me towards Hufflepuff secondary as opposed to Slytherin secondary is he builds such good communities. He does. And a lot of his power comes from people just liking him, even when it doesn't seem like he's actually set his goal on winning them over. He set his goal on protecting Katniss, and he's doing all of the work he needs to do to make that happen. And for that, people fall for him. The people around him see his work and see his generosity and see his spirit, and they want to help him. Oh, you know what? I think at first Katniss thinks he's a Slytherin secondary and she learns that he's a Hufflepuff secondary as she grows to trust him. Because at first she's like, you're putting on a front for the camera. This is weird. This is dishonest. It makes me very uncomfortable. Yes. Part of the thing she's reacting to is Peter will act differently in different spaces. And to Katniss, that looks like lying. And she does, I think, come to the conclusion eventually that Peter doesn't lie particularly. He lies sometimes, practically, but he doesn't lie about the things he's feeling, which is one of the things she was afraid of. Yeah, she learned that he doesn't fake it. 
Yeah, so I feel like Hufflepuff secondary is a pretty good sort for him. When he wins, it's because he's been there the whole time, being patient, being kind, doing the work, paying attention, and then stuff happens, or people help him, who he has helped. Yes. It's these culminations of the work he's put in. That makes me remember that one specific scene where we see him in the mud, and he's painted his face and his body with camouflage because he's seriously injured. And they specifically showed us when he was training for the Hunger Games, him learning that skill. Yeah. And I think it also shows some interesting things in terms of the differences between his skill set and Katniss's skill set. And in a lot of ways, his skill set is a lot more suited to surviving the Hunger Games. Because he can play the game. Whereas Katniss, who's a Gryffindor secondary, is very bad at playing games. She is. I love her for it. Katniss can only do things if she actually feels them. If they're a true, genuine reaction. She can, she can act, she can do stuff, but a lot of Katniss's power, her ability to convince and inspire and change the world and have effect, they only work if she can do it genuinely. Which is why she is so bad at filming all of those propaganda videos when they hand her a script. She's just like, why am I doing this? What is this? This is weird. I would rather be out fighting. This is not the skill set that she likes using. And if they just understood that about her, it would have, you know, gone a lot smoother. And eventually they do learn that. They just learn to go follow her around with a camera. Exactly, right? So they, the world was able to recognize that Katniss is really, really powerful in terms of she can inspire people. She changes the world. She, she causes unrest. She's the Mockingjay. And when they try to weaponize that, they fail because they keep handing her scripts. And if she just reads a script, she's useless. And so that's one of the ways we can identify her as a Gryffindor secondary is they've got to mean it. And they can't just decide to mean it. They have to actually feel it. Are we ready to move on to Gale? Yeah, let's talk about Gale. Gryffindor! He is a bit Gryffindor, right? He's so Gryffindor. He really likes that rebellion. But one of the really interesting things about Gale is even though you look at him and you go, wow, that's a Gryffindor happening there, he has some really Slytherin characteristics. He does that prioritization. He likes Katniss. And so he spends special attention and care taking care of Prim, taking care of Katniss's mother. So what makes us think he's not a Slytherin? I think he could be a Slytherin, um, especially looking at that scene in the beginning of, I believe, the first movie where he was like, let's run away together. And Katniss was like, we can't. I can't bring Prim. But I mean, that's not very Gryffindor of him saying, let's just run away. That's rather Slytherin. That's, I'm going to take care of you. Let's make sure that we're okay. Yeah, and then he incorporates that information and goes, okay, fine, I'll prioritize Prim, too. And we see that continuing. But I think what happens once the rebellion gets going is he realizes that there's actually a chance that this rebellion will work, that he can do a lot of good. And then I think we see a switch. He sees that he can act and that the world will become better. And then he feels obligated to do so. At the expense of himself, at the expense of the people communities that he cares about and that's what makes me think he's a Gryffindor primary 
But yeah, he seems like when it really comes down to it, when the shit really hits the fan, and he has to choose between Katniss and Katniss's wants and Katniss's needs and Prim and helping the world, it is so obvious to him what the choice should be. And it's so opposite to what Katniss thinks the choice should be. Katniss will always save Prim first. It is wrong to Katniss not to save Prim first. Let's see. So what do we think Gale's secondary is? What are his methods? How does he get stuff done? I think his secondary might be burn. I'm not sure that we have any evidence of him preferring any particular methods. Yeah. He seems to just do whatever he feels is necessary for every situation. And none of it seems to give him joy. And none of it seems to give him particular power or effectiveness. He just acts. He also doesn't really seem to feel bad about not doing anything in a particular way. Or maybe he feels bad about all the ways he's doing it, but we don't see him really struggling with decisions about how to accomplish things. He just does whatever he thinks will work. Yeah, and so often when you have characters who they'll do whatever it takes to work, we think they're Slytherin secondaries, right? Because they're the flexible, adaptive, the, the methods, the means don't matter, just what your goal is. But that tends to come with a certain flexibility, a certain adaption, and also a certain joy and satisfaction in that dance. And I don't think he has that. I don't think he has any joy or satisfaction. No. So yeah, I think a burned secondary. And I'm not even sure which one. Yeah, it's hard to tell which secondary he might have had, because we don't see him before all of the trauma of just living in his world happened. And we don't see him particularly come to heal or come into his own. It's possible he's a Gryffindor secondary looking at the way he loves Katniss. Because if he's a burned Gryffindor secondary, then seeing Katniss in the, you know, full non-burned glory of her Gryffindor secondary, I think that would really attract him to her. And I think... Of course, I'm struggling to come up with specific examples, but... But yeah, she's doing it right. And he thinks she's magical. Yes. I don't think he thinks she's magical because she's a Slytherin, even though he's willing to adopt that system for her. I think he's a burned Gryffindor secondary just based on the fact that he thinks Katniss's Gryffindor secondary is magic. Yeah, he thinks the right way to be is honest, is forthright and brave, and to act. And so I think we almost do see him heal a little. We do. It's just not in the way that Katniss approves of. No, he goes off and he becomes a soldier. Yeah, Gil looks at the world and realizes he can have an effect on it. And then he goes out and he acts. It's just that because we're looking at it through Katniss's eyes and she doesn't approve of his priorities or the things he is willing to do for his cause, that it gets painted with this tarred brush. But looking at it from Gail's point of view, he sees himself as righteous. And I think he is finally really satisfied that he gets to act. Oh, he's a Gryffindor Gryffindor. Oh, poor kid. A Gryffindor Gryffindor in, in love with Katniss. That's really tough. Oh, that is tough. Also, I just want to point out, I really love how unburned Katniss continues to be. Right. She is a character who should be burned in her primary, in her secondary. Her life has been really hard. The world is really hard, and there are things that should have shaken her down and made her go, actually, 
these things I want to do and these things I want to be, maybe I can't. And she just says no. Prim gets to live. I don't have to hide my light under a bushel. I get to yell, I get to act, I get to say no. And she just never really backs off from that. However, at the very end of the third book and the third movie, she I think she does burn a bit. She decides oh. to stay with Peta. She ends up having kids with him, although that felt like a weird okay boomer move to me personally. Oh yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's in the middle of the book where she burns. I think she, when Peta is taken and broken, that's the first time she really burns. Because it's the first time she's failed to be able to protect the people she's supposed to protect. Yeah. She's been able to save Prim up to that point. She's been able to save Peta, and she's been able to have faith that they will be themselves. And she literally loses Peta's self. And I think there she does burn some. I think what she burns is her secondary. She feels useless. She feels disempowered. Oh no, that's really sad. Yeah, and so I think her secondary gets burned in the third book when she loses Peta. And she gets him back, but not well. It doesn't seem like Peta ever fully heals. And then she loses Prim. And then she just detaches from the narrative. She puts her foot down. She says, no, you don't get to torture children, even their children, to President Coyne. And then she just leaves the narrative. She burns her secondary. Yeah, she stops acting. Yep, she doesn't act anymore. So I think that's what happens. And that's why, in some ways, the third book is both really meaningful and really unsatisfying. It makes it a tragedy. Oh, okay, well, we can't end on this note. (laughs) (laughs) The story destroys part of her. It just does. Okay, so we have Katniss, our protagonist, as a Slytherin primary. Yeah, she's a Slytherin primary and a Gryffindor secondary, which is a very powerful sorting and I love her very much. With that really pointed set of motivations with a powerhouse secondary. Yeah, she makes a fantastic protagonist. The Gryffindor secondary is probably the easiest to get the action started as far as protagonists. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have Peta, who is a probably Slytherin primary and definitely a Hufflepuff secondary. Probably. <laughs> maybe, maybe a Slytherin secondary, but I think we're, we're both feeling more like he's a Hufflepuff secondary. People just like him so much. They really do. And he's got the baker trope going on. And it's just... I don't want to say that Slytherin secondaries aren't liked. No, of course but, not. But Peter's got that sort of Hufflepuff glow. What can I say? Yeah. And then there's Gale. Oh, Gale. Our Gryffindor Gryffindor. With the worst life, poor kid. The worst life. Kind of tried to pick up a Slytherin primary model for Katniss, but only until he realized that the world needed his Gryffindor and that he could actually make things happen. And then he just drops it and he goes to save the world. 
So that's a cast that's very heavy on both Gryffindor and Slytherin, which yeah, really. is part of, I think, what makes it so intense as a story, that these characters are all so intense and so driven to action. And it's interesting, too, because both the Slytherin primary and the Gryffindor primary, they're both such internal morality systems unlike Hufflepuff primary and Ravenclaw primary where they take a lot more out of their external world and system and cues Slytherin and Gryffindor primaries are both so tuned in with what they feel is just and righteous whether it's the people or the ideals that they see their world through they're driven so internally and they're so certain that you end up with this really, really intense narrative, especially when characters disagree. Yeah, and I do really love the way that we see the characters learning where they have different allegiances to their moral systems, how Katniss and Gale start out on such the same page until they're really, really not, because Katniss goes on and continues being a Slytherin and Gale has to face the fact that she is not a Gryffindor and that he is. And then Katniss and Peeta learn to trust each other and bond over that, over that Slytherin primary and that prioritization. And it just feels so warm in that nest of snakes. Yeah. And also in this, because it's a coming of age story, as these characters grow up and learn more things about how they're different from each other or similar to each other they're also it's parallel to their journey of realizing that they have power and agency in their world that's where a lot of the conflict is coming from gale realizing he has the power to change his world and feeling like he's obligated to and katniss understanding that sometimes she can't save the people she cares about most and learning how to live with herself in a world like that and how to continue to be with Peta in whatever ways she's able to, despite having lost Prim and despite having in some ways lost an important part of Peta. Yeah, it's just, it's just real cheery. It's so cheery. It's the happiest <laughs> series I think ever. But yeah, I think it does a, it does a wonderful job. And I think you're right that a lot of the intensity comes from those really, really internal primaries. All right. Thank you for listening. That was episode one of Sorting Hat Chats. We have successfully made a podcast. Next time, we will be talking about The Witcher, specifically the first season of the excellent TV show that just came out. In the meantime, we have a Sorting Hat Chats WordPress site, and there is a quiz that you can take that will sort you. It has branched logic trees, which means you get to argue with it. It is a good time and it's better at sorting people than we are. Until next time.